Welcome to Ask the Accountant, the podcast that is made for you. Weekly podcast live Mondays from 8.30 a.m., least on the podcast service of your choice on Wednesdays. Your main weekly hosts, Aaron Patrick and Johan Dari. Got something to ask? Submit your questions below or ask during the show. Podcast loading. We are currently getting everything set up behind the scenes. So sit back, relax, and we will be with you in a few seconds. Enjoy. Rusty today, aren't I? Good morning, everybody, and a very warm welcome to Ask the Accountant. This is episode number uh, 38, 38, I'm going to say 38, 38, 38. Um, and it's the 10th of July, 2023, and we're here for all your listening pleasure. As always, we are accepting some comments coming through as we've already got some early morning risers. Hello, Kirsty. So if you have got any comments, then do please let us know. And what a week it has been, Johan. I mean, I'm kind of dressed for the occasion. We'll talk about it in a moment. But do you want to let us know what your week was like and uh, anything excited, any expensive purchases you may have made that you want to share with the group? Yeah, morning, everyone. Um, yeah, no, my, I had a busy week. Um, the main the main part of the week that was busiest was actually, whilst you were away, Aaron, obviously while away in Norfolk, we, we did some wheeling and dealing. So... We've got quite some exciting news coming up regarding the future and direction of this podcast and everything else we're doing in the next couple of weeks. So keep your ears peeled for that. We're very excited by all of that. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was just a busy week, week at work. Um, and then I um, managed to spend some money over the weekend on some AR glasses. So looking forward to them arriving and taking my work into the AR world, um, which, yeah, I'm looking forward to filing payroll through AR, managing my client engager through AR, and just generally not needing all the screens I've got or adding to the screens that I've got. Uh, what would be that? I'd be like three AR screens plus all my other monitors. That would be quite a beast of a <laughs> setup that will. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, no, I mean, Compared to your week, though, Aaron, and the conclusion to your week, um, I, I've had quite a quiet, boring week. Um, I, don't know. I think I think AR chat. I mean, let's be honest. You could be the first one to file in AR. I mean, I'm I'm just doing VR over it. You know what I mean? I've I've completely well, left AR to other people. So if you can be the first one to get that return filed in AR, get get your RTI filed in AR, I think you know we could be uh, could be seeing something quite special. And and it'll be interesting to see as well, like how that works. I think ironically, the fact that you're building your new desk at the moment and you're getting it all absolutely spec'd out, and then you're like, you know what? Three screens just isn't enough. I need six. <laughs> I, I have just gone, you know, I've got my Amazon shopping basket, which is filling up and it's getting quite a large bill at the end. But I have just gone, actually, maybe I don't need that. Maybe I don't need that. So I'll save these for later because I need to see what this AR reality is first. Yep. Um, I put a post on LinkedIn the other day with my current setup on my desk and all the different keyboards and stuff. I'm now sat there thinking maybe the next picture won't have any monitors. Maybe it will just be my MacBook and my VR glasses 
with all my interfaces, which is quite cool. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited by it. It's- I'm excited for you. So I, I generally, I think, um, yeah, I think we we spoke about it when Apple had their whole um, Vision Pro, and we were talking about there. I think AR's not had its its way in the limelight as it needs to. I think ultimately that's really going to be the future. And this whole idea that that they're just merging the two, and it's like, well. You can have VR and AR in one device, boom, done. I think that's going to be great. Um, let's just quickly say hello to everybody as they start coming in. Paul says, nice heart. Good morning. Good morning to you too, Paul. LinkedIn user says, good morning. We always like to LinkedIn user coming through. Did you say something about there was a way of making it so people can see who your LinkedIn user is? That just purely Facebook? Is that a thing? Uh, I think users need to give permission to uh, StreamYard who we use to share their personal details. Cool. Oh, we might start name and profile picture. Yeah, we might start sorting out telling people that. Uh, Ashley, hello, Ashley. Hi, Jensen. Have a busy week this week too. Hey, Jan. Yeah, he's had a very busy week. You know, working away. Well, I've got, uh, yeah, I'm on Ashley's podcast on Wednesday. So, oh, of course you are. Yeah, this is going to be. Oh, everyone, get your uh, get your diaries sorted for that one. We're definitely going to be looking in, looking interested. That one. That's going to be an awesome one. Uh, wheeling and dealing tell us more it's already done that but yeah thank you Ashley uh, Matthew hello Matthew uh, good morning to you both too AR versus or VR struggle to get clients to read their emails this is very true but you'll find some really uh, exciting that VR video that I've done really did open a lot of kind of doors for new clients which is good to see and Chris hello Chris he has four screens four screens I mean age on one sage payroll on the other We've got enough products to kind of put on one on each, right? So dedicated screens. I like yeah, it. For each, each product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if anything, he needs more screens, you know, with our ecosystem. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Okay. So uh my weekend, just so to, or week yeah. just, just Tell us to, about your weekend, Aaron. I'm I not mean, jealous and bitter at all. Hopefully the dress sense kind of gives it away a little bit. But the week itself, the I mean it was <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um the week itself, it was um I was technically away. Which was lovely. Um, I mean, I love my clients, but what I basically did was had no client meetings throughout the whole week, which was awesome. Um, just gave me an opportunity to really look at the practice, and we started doing some big changes, which are good to see that are rolling out. Um, some big news on that coming soon. As you said, we were doing a bit of wheeling dealing ourselves, and we've uh, kind of started talking through that. So it was great to do, and really good progress for the podcast, which we're really excited to share. Um, and then it came to the weekend, and I went to a little place called Silverstone, which you may have, uh, male men have heard of. It's uh, a little racetrack in the uh, in the in the middle of the middle of the UK. Um, now I went for the Formula One Grand Prix, and I've been an F1 fan for my whole life. It's been one of those things that I've really, you know, it was ever since my granddad kind of sat me in front of the TV on a, on a Sunday, and and it was one of those moments where we always shared. Um, and honestly, like this was one of the best experiences the first time i went live to a grand prix i've had opportunities before but the covid restriction all that rubbish came in but i uh, had the opportunity to turn up with a few other people there was a uh, close on half a million people turning up to the event itself um and when you think of the infrastructure around there that's uh, quite a lot of people to get into uh, one little uh, one little airfield basically is what it was originally um, for racetrack um but no the the atmosphere the whole day it was just absolutely brilliant. i've seen every type of weather uh thankfully thanks to uh into equip box i had my umbrella and uh, other items with me keeping me nice and clean uh, nice and dry um uh, but no it was such an amazing event i think for me 
I've always been skeptical about being there live, like what you're going to gain from it. You're not going to have the multiple camera angles and all that sort of stuff, but just having that excitement of every time Lando went past or Lewis went past the whole, whole section was erupting and they were doing it all the way around the lap was just, yeah, it was a, a very, very cool experience. And I think it's opened my eyes a little bit to kind of the benefit of those live interactions and, and how they kind of, and, and what's really made them right. Like the reason, Formula One so popular is because of these sort of interaction stuff. So yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, highly recommend it. It isn't cheap, <laughs> but it is a, a very oh, it big could be cheaper though, couldn't it, Aaron? If you didn't keep going to the McLaren shop, it, well, it wasn't me that went to McLaren shop. Let me put it right out there. It was a the uh, better half may have been. Uh, yeah, very. She she kind of got very excited by the whole experience of it all. And wanted to join in. So she turned up as just, you know, a red hot chili peppers shirt on the first day. And the second day she was, you know, head to toe in Lando gear. So yeah, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was definitely an, an experience. Um, but no, I highly recommend it. Yeah. I think if we ever, and, and what, one of the cool things actually was a lot of the F1 podcasts have, you know, started to get a lot of elevation lately. When you think about it, um, F1's had a big resurgence because of Netflix and Drive to Survive and everything else. It's had a whole new element to it. And podcasts have made a huge impact to that. Um, and what F1's found and, and seen and thought was you know, really useful is they've started to implement the F1 podcast into the show itself. So example of that is when you're queuing up to go into the queues and, and you do a lot of queuing you can imagine half a million people into one area it's going to be a lot of queuing right so as you queue up you've got matt and tommy from the p1 podcast who used to be wtf podcast they're the ones who are talking to you over the it's all pre-recorded but talking to you on the tannoy saying hello we're matt and tommy it's, you're obviously going to have a, a queue ahead of you, but don't worry. It's because we're keeping you safe and it's had to speed it up. And they were including those, you know, voices of F1 to be part of that whole entry. And then when you got in there, there was various stages throughout all the areas where they were just having live podcasts of the ones I've never heard of, like Fast and the Curious and all these that and the others. And they were giving those podcast opportunities the chance to, you know, get a new audience or the people who love that podcast to go over there and listen to it. And Matt and Tommy, who were one of the biggest podcasts there, they had their, they were on the main stage where, you know, where Black Eyed Peas were playing and all this, that and the other. And I just felt like it was really good that they were given the opportunity for those podcasts to go out there and be involved and, and, have, and have that. So yeah, maybe that's something that the accounting industry can you know look at as well. Like we've started to embrace it, but maybe that's something that could be looking at going forward. So yeah, that was uh, my take on F1. Highly recommend it. Um, absolute brilliant race. Obviously a fantastic result. Just seeing two Brits on the, uh, on the, um, on the podium was a chef's kiss. Uh, Lando getting the, you know, second on the, on the start was a really, really good event. But it's been interesting week as well, hasn't it? We've had a very, um, I, th I think I've had the perfect time to have some kind of takeaway from actually having some time a diary. We've had some new, uh, new bit of social media get being launched throughout the week, haven't we? Um, have you heard? <laughs> yeah, have you heard? Have you have you sorted it out? Uh, literally, I think it launched like. UK time was like, was it 5am in the morning, something like that, or something around those times that it was that it came through. Um, but Instagram, 
or Facebook or Meta, whatever you want to call them, has released their own version of Twitter as a, as a rival. Um, and they've called it Freds. Now, I think whenever a new social media uh, platform gets launched, it's always something to keep an eye on, to have a look at. Um, Clubhouse was what? A year and a bit ago, was it? You know, if you no, Clubhouse remember. was three years ago. Wasn't Clubhouse around during COVID in 2020? Was it really? Yeah, you must have been. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Clubhouse, probably the most prominent one that was released lately. I can't think of anything in between, but I'm sure we'll... Uh... And who talks about Clubhouse anymore? Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. But being an early adopter to Clubhouse, there was a lot of... of benefits from that right there was a lot of people who gained a lot from there there was people who started their podcasts from there there was people who got a lot of clients from there there was people who got a lot of of networking from there and it being that early adopter gave them an opportunity to you know start them start themselves and put themselves in front of a new audience and i know a lot of people got a lot of benefit and i think the fact fred's launched it wasn't a shadow launch. I think we were kind of heard about the murmurings of it, but the idea of it, we didn't really know when or how or anything else. But um, but what I did did really like was the fact that when it did launch, there was a huge adoption for it. And, uh, well, the biggest adoption out of all of it, wasn't it? I mean, I forget the numbers. Uh, let me try and bring them up. But it was the fastest growing social media network that it basically has, has, has been. Um, I'll just look at this one. It took... Um, time it took to reach 10 million users um facebook was 852 days twitter was 780 days instagram 355 clubhouse which we just spoke spoke about was 347 so almost a year and then the times just tumbled from there tiktok was 200 days chat gpt was 40 days google plus if you remember that was 16 but threads to get to 10 million users was seven hours so that kind of shows what the platform kind of created from day one and and you were speaking off air weren't you about the fact that you know this was a perfect thing i'll let you explain why but this was a perfect you know mask of why it got so popular but i think the the thing to to see and the thing that excited about it was who was like who are the tech companies from our side were, were adopting as well and how they were using it and going from there so before i kind of go into but my kind of experience with it and everything else. Do you want to kind of give your breakdown it and, and why you think it got yeah. so popular so soon? I mean, there's a few, I think there's a few lessons that small businesses can learn from all of this, uh, whether that's an accounting bookkeeping firm or just a small business in any industry. But basically, what we're saying here is if we get rid of all the brands, is an existing business has launched a new service, new product, new software, whatever you want to call it, at a time when its directest competitor has had nothing but turmoil and bad PR recently, and they've cleaned up. Like, nearly 100 million users signed up in the first week. Like, if, you, if you're an advertiser, if you're a marketing company and you're looking for an audience, and you're looking for the return on investment, and you think, well, I've spent X amount on Twitter. Actually, I might put that money into uh, you know, threads when they do advertising. I, those kind of numbers, to go to 10 million in seven hours, 100 million in seven days, around about, you know, 
they can't be ignored. And it's not like they've spent billions on marketing or anything. Like they just launched it. That the media have done the marketing for them. People have done the marketing for them on their competitors' websites. Like people are talking about threads on LinkedIn, Twitter, etc. Like we've we've kind of given it to them. <laughs> so like if you can find you know, if you're opening a business locally and a local competitor's had a real rough time of it through PR or whatever it is through the news, and you can go out there and just go, this is what we stand for, and it's the opposite to this, then, all right, you're not going to get 100 million customers in the first seven days, possibly. But I think there's some lessons learned to be learned and to be filtered down to small businesses from what we've just seen in the last week from Meta. Uh, like you cannot deny from a business point of view, it's been incredible, and it's it's free. You know, I mean, I I don't know about you, Aaron, but I know I've had to create a couple of new Instagram accounts so I can have those accounts on Freds because I didn't have Instagram accounts for those types of businesses. Um, so Instagram's got a surge in new users at the same time, and. Instagram's where they're making their marketing money at the moment because that's where people are advertising. Like, you know, we had to create an Instagram account for Ask the Accountant because we didn't have an Instagram account, which means we couldn't have a Fred's account. So the ripples are huge. And then you take all of that and you've, you know, Meta's proven a concept and they've now got you know, all the marketing companies in the world wanting to advertise on their platform to their 100 million plus users. Uh, it, it's a stroke of genius. And if I was if I was a shareholder in Meta, I'd be very happy with the last week, put it that way. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, there's definitely a lot of lessons there that small businesses can take away and trickle down um, and filter down to suit that and scale down basically. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot to be learned there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> they've effectively created a Twitter rival within however many seven hours, wasn't it? Whatever the thing is, or or at least an equivalent to to Twitter. And if Twitter sold for forty four billion, I think it was, then yeah, um, like you said, the shareholders will be pretty happy with uh, with <laughs> how that's yeah. going to go going forward. Not that they're going to sell anytime soon. Um, uh, before I give my takes, Twitter's added fuel to the fire like you know elon musk then fanned the fire and the heat that was freds by threatening to sue like, yeah so all the media were all over that and then so anyone that hadn't heard of freds then saw that on the media and went hang on what's freds like there's no wonder it's gone that quick like when your direct competitors fanning the fire of marketing and advertising for you for yeah. free and, and it, it, it's a good um thing for kind of developers as well because we've seen it a lot lately where you know there's this whole idea that minimal viable product minimal viable product minimal viable product and we, we've kind of been a little bit skeptical of it and it's always in our industry it's a very difficult isn't it because a minimal viable product for us could mean that your client's going to get an incorrect VAT return or incorrect whatever you know there's a compliance issue right so we've got to be really careful that whatever gets released and whatever we choose to jump on beaters or whatever it's going to be we've got to take that responsibility as ourselves right 
But this is the perfect proof of where minimal buyer product is the right way of doing it. Like, let's know, let not be around the bush. Fred's is broken. Like, there is certain things that do not work, and there's certain things that you need to have to to make a social. Or, or we were told you need to have a for social platform to work. So many, like, no hashtags. Mm. I can't. So I'm operating iOS 17 developer beta, so I can use Fred's. The moment. If I want to add a photo, I click on my photo thing. It brings up my photo library. Click on the photo, crashes threads. Yeah. Like I can't add a photo to a thread. Exactly. We, we can't have multiple. Yeah, I'm still using it. I'm still quite happy. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, can't, we can't have multiple access. Like there isn't multiple yeah. counts as, you know. Uh, yeah, every time we got, we've got to log out to log back into a different account. Exactly. Um, GIFs seem to have been a thing without with an uh with ios like you have to install a, a gif uh keyboard to be able to put gifs on if you've got an apple device whereas android seems to be fine um it it's very odd like, but as a minimal vile product it's done its job like <laughs> i, I assume they're gonna put some more investment into this i i mean crystal ball and all that but you know <laughs> if the concept's proven I suppose they might. It's yeah. just whether they think this is the figures we've proved the concept. Have they had enough uptake? We'll see. I mean, it probably going to be based on you know how long it's going to be. I mean, let's just quickly go back to the chat just to make sure. Also, just to clarify, to my knowledge, this hasn't even launched in Europe. Oh, really? Is it just this is just the US and UK, and maybe some other territories? I know they don't. Threads haven't launched in Europe because they don't meet certain European criteria at law requirements at the moment okay now i've not looked into what they are or anything but i know it stopped them from launching into europe so that's so 100 million users and it's not even available in europe which is a huge landmass with a yeah. huge population so basically we've just given away even more data to better as you can uh, yeah. always have to get <laughs> they already had it the <clears throat> Um, uh, just going back to the chat, Clubhouse was during COVID. Nobody talks about Clubhouse now. Eh? Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Sam, oh, hello, Sam, the new 5 a.m. club member I've heard. Uh, why is uh, Chris Downing showing off about screens? What did I miss? My one giant screen is better than your Ford. Oh, now that is a conversation topic for another day. We should really have a screen. But, and they're both cool friends as well, so we could have a screen off between the two of them. Um, Clubhouse brought a lot of value, but it was short-lived. See you on Fred's. A new adopter to Fred's as it was a not quite as early as some, but she would she did turn up to the party at some point, so it was great to see her there. Uh, oh, late, late to the party this morning. Um, that was uh, one of the seven, fun things, wasn't it? About Fred's was we were there going, right, who signed up first? Like, free agent, they were there straight away. Um, yeah. I was in Cafe Nero going, well, Cafe Nero's not on here, Costa's not on here, Starbucks isn't on here. And then Starbucks appears about an hour and a half later. And then it's like, well, free agent are here. QuickBooks aren't here. Zero aren't here. Now QuickBooks is here because they've got that signed off and they're very active on there. But I, I don't know. I've not checked this morning, but Zero weren't there last time I checked. Zero Sage weren't there when I last checked. Auto entry are there, though, interestingly. Chris, sort it out. Um, I, we even did a little, I don't know if you saw it, but we did a little fun thread of actually handing out awards to who got there first. Uh, Carbon, of all people, with the first practice management. So fair, Carbon talking, had an advantage. They, they had a time zone benefit. They had a time zone advantage. So I'm, I'm not letting that one slide. <laughs> 
I was going to try and stick you, you in as maybe like a proposal software in first, but then I saw it, Practice Ignition, which was the other app that got, got it all over it. Yeah, we've still got the payroll up and running though. So, Chris, if you want to get Sage Payroll out there, just 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 give me a nudge and we'll uh, we'll make sure you get your award as needed. Um, um, uh, QuickBooks did technically win that award though, so you know, free agent was quick, but QuickBooks again, time zone Canada was quicker. So, you know, fair enough. Um, but no, we we had quite a bit of fun on there with um, handing out awards for who came first. But it was good to see, right? Like like you said, like how active they were and. And again, the social media managers, they don't have all the tools they would normally have. Normally they'll have connections to um, Later and all those other platforms that help them manage the content and everything else. This was just literally having to install it on, on a phone and after the races, right? So it was interesting to see. Uh, Ashley said that seven hours, absolutely incredible. Yep, you're right. Um, <laughs> Sam confirming that she was uh, stylishly late to the party, but a 5 a.m. Uh, club, clubhouse was met a need for connection during the pandemic. Exactly right, Chris. But the thing that really confused me about Clubhouse is why were not the others just building their own back end? I know Twitter tried, didn't they, with a, yeah. some sort of fancy solution or anything? But, you know, Meta, you'd have thought I'd have all the infrastructure just to have brought out a clubhouse competitor in no time right so it was an interesting landscape uh lucy good morning lucy good morning to you and sam say not sure where sage are when it comes to freds i hope they're arriving soon yeah we kind of need them there don't we to uh to keep the banter alive because quickbooks is doing really well on it we've got to give them credit like they've uh they've really put put come to the table and they were commenting over the weekend for some of the stuff i put up there for uh, with merch and stuff that's right because zero is not there either but, you know, they That's made part of their team redundant, didn't they? So you'd expect them to be 40% later to the party. Oh, ouch, ouch. I thought we agreed not to do that joke anymore. <laughs> uh, 40% less. Oh, 40% less. That was it. I, I remember now. Yeah. I remember the, the talk. Um, yeah, so it's been an interesting space. Um, Bright's not there either. So, you know. Nope. Says it. I mean, maybe maybe they'll they'll start considering it now, but it but it is a difficult area because it is you know you are going back to that old school right. Like even for us to set up the asset accountant one, that was a palaver, right? That was a x amount of time it took us to get this set up, and then having to make sure that we had all authentication and blah 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 blah. It was a whole section for a little podcast like us to get a thread on there. Um, I must admit that I think you know. Props to um, props to Lizzie for producer Lizzie for actually um, for what she did for. If you've not seen, please go to the Fred's uh, first post because I think that was uh, Chef's kiss for what she brought on that one. Some may may disagree, but I, I quite enjoyed it. I I hadn't seen it. All I saw was the second post that was you and me having a laugh at the QuickBooks Accounting Council meeting uh, a few months ago. And but the, I didn't understand why it said, oops, wrong photo. So I don't know if she uploaded the wrong photo or whatever. But then I went in, then I, later on I went down. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, someone thinks she's funny. No, highly recommend. Please do um, uh, have a look at Fred's and have a look at the uh, Ask the Accountant first post and second post. Because, yeah, I think that was uh, a great um, uh, thing. Yeah. Um, so, so before we... Um, before we kind of go moving on then to other topics, I think this is a good time. And we, we mentioned this, don't we? The comments that uh, Sage are coming to Fred's, but they're probably, they think he thinks they're waiting on EU authorization. 
Oh, okay, 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 makes sense. And maybe that's got where it's... got to love the uh, controlling factor of these slow organizations. Like QuickBooks was the same. Like the UK QuickBooks account wasn't as quick as they wanted it because they had to get it signed off. And I think that's a lot of the that shows sometimes how organizations actually need to modernize a bit. Uh, no, I'm not saying Sage needs to modernize and is out old school. I think it's just a completely like the amount of big companies that won't have reacted to this as quickly as they could have done, even though their marketing team might be ready and annoyed and all over it because someone higher up's not signed it off because they've not perhaps seen the importance of it. And in a small business world, in a very fast moving world of technology, you've got to be more dynamic. Like you've got to be there. You do, but at the same time, you've got to see the risk. Like, oh yeah, definitely. It, for us, it was like, what are we going to, you know, be able to to do wrong? Like, we were just posting bits on there, right? There's nothing we couldn't do any damage, or or at least we hope we couldn't do any damage. Um, I mean, but for us, it was just missing. another location to cluster bomb our social content to. I know. As soon as Zapier's got a little connection to it, I may never post there again. It'll just uh, <laughs> like Twitter is basically for me. Um, but no, no, that's that's not true. But it, it is that thing, though, isn't it? It is that whole thing where, where they have to be careful about what's happening, what what's posting there, what can be posted, who's going to have access, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, you, target audience, exactly. Yeah, exactly right. And speaking of target audience, I thought this would be a great topic to talk about. What is the the state of social media? I mean. I'm glad she's in the in the um, in the post uh, in the chat today. But one of the things we had with our latest we have called friends chat with um, Sam was we were talking about how it was so it was so impressive for her that she jumped on the LinkedIn. So did you? You know, when you look at social media and you kind of look, take a step back and you look at what all of those ones are, because there was a lot there for us to use as accountants, as advising our clients to use as, you know, topics to, to talk about getting your, you know, your, your personal brand off there. There's so many different versions of, of social platforms out there. It's really difficult to know which is right. And, and I'll be completely honest, LinkedIn for me was one of those where I thought that is not for me, right? There's no way we're going to get any benefit from that. Stay clear of LinkedIn. You were so wrong. I was wrong, completely wrong. And I'm happy to admit that. Um, too busy on clubhouse yeah exactly right yeah but it, where are you now <laughs> with my seven followers on there or whatever it was um, but it is true right like when you look at your you roast into the glass and you're just looking at perception and you're just looking at it we can we can look at every social media platform that's out there and we can have a view on it we can have an opinion on it but that's the problem at the moment right there's so much choice there's so many where do you put your your, your eggs into the basket I mean, I'm still on the impression that anyone who's starting out from scratch now, the best platform for them to be on is what platform they're already using. Like whatever platform they're comfortable with, whatever platform they're consuming their content with, and that's the platform they should be on right now, right? Because they understand it. They figured it out. They know what's working. They know what's not working. You know, taking that that blind risk of going with what platform may be, you know, the most important to you like Fred's is right like we don't know what the demographic's going to be we don't know what like if that's a good move or not if really we're, we're, we're testing the waters right we're figuring out if it's right or wrong um but I do feel like at this point in time in in, in the year of 2020 it's never been more confusing about which social platform you should be looking at and which one you shouldn't I mean me personally I still class YouTube as a social platform and it's been my most successful to date but 
is that really the right place now with TikTok being so prevalent and so important and so, you know, much, much more of a quicker move and, 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 and you know, making so much more ground? It's hard to tell. So I think we'd, it'd be good to have that chat now. I mean, maybe first start off with what platforms you're currently using um, and that might be the best way to start the conversation. So with which hat is the question, I suppose. So it's true. Uh, from my personal brand point of view, okay, I use LinkedIn, all over LinkedIn, love LinkedIn. I'm not as consistent as I should be on LinkedIn. Like last week, one post a day, fantastic. Other weeks, potentially nothing. Um, you know, it, I'm, I need to sort my consistency out for LinkedIn. Um, but that's because... I don't post unless I've actually got something to post about. You know, I don't, I'm not one for taking selfies. I'm not one for um, coming up with complete and utter garbage. Like I've been putting some thought leadership out there for leading, but that's because I'm reading some leadership books again at the moment. Um, so that's what's going on in my life. Um, so yeah, it LinkedIn's my main driver for social media. I have got ideas on AR content and AI content that I am going to be taking to YouTube once we've got my new office slash studio set up. Um, so keep an eye out for that. But um, from a client engager point of view, we absolutely love our community on Facebook. And I don't think anywhere else would have allowed us to build the same kind of group community that we have done on Facebook. So it's really down to what you're trying to achieve. You know, yes, we've got a Facebook, a LinkedIn page for Client Engager, but it's very low traffic and it's there and people tag us in it, which is absolutely fantastic. And we love being tagged into people's posts and what they're doing. So for that reason, we need to be there because people want to say, oh, I've been working on my practice management software, Client Engager, and I've done this and I've done that. So you need that presence. Um, but our core focus really at Client Engager is the group the community within the facebook group we've created yes i've created as a fred account and it's there but again it's more there so people can tag us into things yeah and then people see the profile and see the website um but yeah they're they're my main platforms you know i've i've never been a big instagram person certainly not a tiktok person um i've never enjoyed twitter from the point of view of what I love about LinkedIn is it recycles your posts, or in my case, my garbage. So I put a post out there today, right now. I know as people come in over the next few days, that post will be seen by them. And regardless of how long it's been since I put that post out, you know, I still get a couple of views a week on the Chris Downing post of you, me, and Chris stood outside Brewdog. That's had like... 30 odd thousand impressions and that's been nearly a year you know that that's that's the benefit of linkedin is it recycles the posts that you thinks your audience are going to be interested in yeah, whereas with twitter you post and within seconds that post is a million miles down the bottom of a huge wall of volume of posts and that's it it's gone it's into the wilderness of twitter um so yeah, I'm much rather the, I feel I get more value from a post on LinkedIn than I would on Twitter. And for that reason, I've not used Twitter and I'm skeptical about threads. I'm, I'm waiting to see how they handle the posts. At the moment, it feels like it is very much a, 
Twitter theme of you post. If people, if your audience are there when you post, then great, you've got a chance. If they're not, then your chance is gone. Yeah, um, and I think I think that's because it's trying to emulate a news feed, right? And that's yeah. that's what Twitter does well. Like, um, I'll always remember for me personally when I jumped on Twitter. The times I have jumped on Twitter is when something's happened, like something's happened in the world, and you're trying to figure out what the thing is. You know, it could be a, a catastrophic event or whatever it's going to be. But Twitter is the right place to be there because that's where you're going to get those updates of people, like. And you know that's where the that's what it's designed to be—is that newsfeed, right? What curated newsfeed? Um, and I think that 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 works well. I, I I always remember when I first kind of started to look at social media more seriously for business, because from a personal point of view, I've dabbled in Instagram for a bit. I was fine. I'd never really enjoyed it. And um, Facebook was obviously where I started, or MySpace was where I really started back in the day. But Facebook was kind of like the right generation gap for me, and it was like the right place to be. Um, but when it started doing it for business, I'll always remember that <laughs> the, the first opportunity I did was that I bought a Hootsuite or a Later or whatever the platform of choice was at the time, paid the subscription, hooked up all my accounts, put them in a little photo, put a little thing and just went post to all, like cluster bum, like we always say. Um, and I remember sitting back going, oh, this social media stuff's easy, right? Like, <laughs> this is super easy. But, but clearly that's wrong. Like, you need to know what each platform is. Like, why why would LinkedIn care that you've just posted a picture about you going on a, on a you know, you, you've just got some new dog toy or something or whatever you're talking about on your social media platform, right? Um, that's where you've got to be really, really careful and you've got to think about them. And and I think it, it took me a while to, to kind of see that, those ideas of having things like your social media threads and your social media um, pillars, should I say, and why they're important and why you then got to get the consistency. And then you've got to figure out that each of those different social platforms will reward you for different characteristics and different use cases and different ways you use the algorithm and everything else. And that's, I mean, uh, Sam puts it perfectly here, you know, better being on one social platform well than many not so well and, and it's definitely the case right like if you can understand the do's and don'ts like you've just said about, about linkedin the fact it actually encourages evergreen content it's huge right yep. same with youtube it encourages the lazy people like me who can't be bothered to have to keep doing it <laughs> exactly exactly um and and it's one of those right like you've got to kind of play to your strengths like if you're consuming that that content and you're consuming it then you understand what works and doesn't work like that's where it becomes really really good paul says he's been discussing this a lot lately in my opinion i think the main reason we avoided a session is because of the social media thoughts on that one what's your thoughts on that one Johan? i i think social media provided a free advertising platform for small businesses i do think it is the reason small businesses can thrive in a more national, if not global way than they've ever done before because of social media. Um, you know, like I've got a client who uh, sells stuff online that a traditionally, traditionally would have been sold in your local shop. They'd have had a real tough time trying to get it into any local shops other than their own. And their reach might have been 20 miles. Whereas now they're they're selling globally because they've got a social media accounts, um, so yeah. It, but all of its downsides and its threats to data privacy and stuff, social media for businesses, small businesses especially, 
has got a phenomenal uh, amount of impact to deal with, you know, and the amount of people that went into business and did well during COVID because of social media, um, you know, it's, there is a lot of benefits to it. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And, and it is, you know, the the whole recession and social media and that concept, I, I think, there's bad news on there as well, like fake news and everything else that doesn't help. And that, that drives it the wrong way. Like, you know, the fact that we had such a big issue with the latest, um, you know, or, or one of the latest um, uh, budgets was, was blown out of proportion mostly because of the social media, right? Like it can have a negative effect as well. It, it's going to go both ways. And if anything, it's now controlling a lot of the economy and that that's something we've got to keep in mind. Um, Sam says also go where the target audience is rather than following the crowds. Exactly. Right. I mean, we have just completely disregarded that by jumping on the Fred bandwagon, but you know, it's only been a week, right? Give us a, give us a the amount of followers I've had on, I mean, the amount of followers I've got 26 on Fred's, but a lot of them are accountants and bookkeepers that I've not yeah. come across before. Yeah. Um, so I think there is an audience to be had there. And, and the dream is that they then follow you over to LinkedIn, right? Or whatever platform that you are, you know, most prevalent on. That That's the that's what the, the benefit this is. Chris says, I believe one can restrict the newsfeed. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's definitely useful. Uh, Lisa says, I'm surprised at how many businesses have no visible social media presence on any platform. And I feel like that's part and parcel of what we've got to stop bringing to the table as business advisors, right? Like, I'm having that conversation with my clients all the time. Um, I was having a conversation with someone the other day where um, she absolutely, again, about, get, you know, we were just talking about recession and and social media and the benefit of it and, and, and COVID. She smashed it during COVID. Like her sales have never been better. She was targeting, you know, influencers and they were, promoting this stuff for her she was a luxury brand and she was absolutely smashing it and then as soon as covid restrictions came and she had a bit more cash she was then going down marketing routes and throwing money at marketing agencies and all this and, that, and it was just declining for her and, and declining for her and that is our job as the business advisors to, to, to be like look this is what's happening like i wish you'd spoke to us sooner because it, it was we, we could see the writing on the wall you know this is the sort of thing that we can bring to the table and what we can tend to do is use our own personal stories like the fact that we've had to go through this to build our brands for our business the fact that we've had to jump on these social media trying to the amount of conversations that i've had with people about threads already you know is is it's what it's all about right and i feel like that's where we can we can help small businesses and see the benefit of it um and, and help them go through the amount of businesses that don't have social media is scary considering, I mean, what are we in now? How long has Facebook been big? 15 years? Yes. Like, it's been there for 15 years. But there's also loads and loads of businesses out there that don't have a website. Like, that's still a bit of a thing. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not convinced this internet malarkey is going to hang around. <laughs> it's not. It's a bit of a fad. Um, or the, the other bit that baffles me is the amount of... Um, businesses that don't have their own domain like bookkeepers and accountants that are using gmail and hotmail and outlook it's like come on for for five or six quid a month it makes you look so much more professional to have a domain if you've got a domain you may as well have a website which you could even build yourself even if it's just a holding page that has your contact details on and your logo that it's better than having nothing yeah i mean that's exactly what i'm right that's what held up our threads for us the accountant was 
we weren't just going to do a Gmail account. Like we wanted to make sure we had the right one. And yeah, it took us an extra hour or whatever the time frame was to 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 get us up and running. But it was so much more important to to us. Like if we want to go out there and you know push our podcast and maybe get some more opportunities out there, then accountant at gmail.com doesn't have the right ring to it. But now we've got whatever, whatever, whatever ask the accountant dot whatever, then it shows credibility from day one, right? And that's a small podcast, just knowing that, that for our audience, we know that if we're going to have those conversations and we want to be taken seriously, then we're going to have to have to put that through. Um, uh, uh, Sam says, yeah, um, uh, Kelly says that uh, kindly gave me some, uh, some guidance on how to do this, Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah, from... Um, turning the button on so it definitely can be done good to see um lisa says and how many don't have website as you just brought up well done yeah and paul says even just giving people advice on reducing energy consumption meant we heard it at the right time to to read it when chatting to a friend that's basically your story isn't it you've had that story time and time again about turning off the coffee machines at night and stuff wasn't it yeah yeah like i that's one of my exciting parts about my uh ar glasses coming so it's going to take a lot less power to power a set of AR glasses than it is three different monitors. I'm sat there thinking, how much energy am I going to save at home? This is incredible. I can see a Canva chart coming in now when you're uh, posting your videos. <laughs> this is energy consumption and the cost it would be for a year versus <laughs> AR glasses. Um, and at today's energy prices, I mean, well, I could save a fortune. I could have paid for my glasses within a year exactly right exactly right uh lisa says just started my twitter account oh yeah definitely get everyone to follow on there it's the liquidator uk so that'll be definitely one we'll be following and aj says if the platform can just slow down i think we've plenty of good plenty good for social media channels now yeah i have to admit like one of the constant conversations that were happening on threads was how sorry they felt for social media managers at this point in time um yeah having to learn it from scratch literally overnight um and not having the tools to make it easy for them was uh, difficult so yeah I, I think that's a great great conversation topics there so yeah remember if you do have a conversation and you'd like to join in then just drop in a comment um but i think that's like we've, we've talked about what we use but why are we neglecting some of the others though? i think that's another conversation topic like I know for myself that clients who absolutely do so well on Instagram, but we both of us can admit that we dabble in it. We're there. We've got a presence, but we don't take it seriously. Let's be honest. Right. Um, And we've not, we've certainly not got growth out of it that we've seen in others. Um, Pinterest has been a very interesting one to me. Like I didn't even see that as a, as a social media platform, if I'm completely honest, what is a huge social media platform and it's very much taken the Instagram approach and it's kind of built on there. And there's a lot of small businesses doing a lot of good things out of Pinterest, which is interesting to see. Um, and then there's the age old TikTok debate because I will always remember uh, Rachel saying to me and Rachel smashes it on every social media platform. So Rachel has accountant she, and she'll always, I'll always remember her talking, telling me and says, right, we're not going to do TikTok because it's not our right demographic. And I was like, okay, yeah noted that down and I left TikTok alone and never, never really touched it since. But obviously she's found that niche and she's found that, that, that bit. Now it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's about figuring out what platform is right for what audience and what, 
what she's done really well on the TikTok side of things is, yes, she's getting a good good load of clients through there because there's some clients on there that were using TikTok and they've seen it. But what I think she's done more than anything is look at, that's where she's getting a new talent of new employees coming through because they're using TikTok. So they're seeing this really cool accountant and they're going, I want to work for them. And that's where it's kind of come through. And that's the special source, right? It's knowing and understanding, having the time to figure out what platform is right for which one. So what what's your current view on the other platforms out there? Is there any that you've got your eye on or is there anything that you feel like, you know, it, it's time has been and gone? I don't know that I think any of their times have been and gone. I think they've all got their uses and their place in the world. And it's just finding that right audience and that right, consumer um instagram for me i'm just not a photogenic person i have no issue with people taking photos of me but i'm not a selfie person and i didn't grow up with a camera in my hand you know like i got my first camera phone when i was at college like so i'm i'm not used to thinking oh i'll take a picture of this oh i'll take a picture of that you know nine out of ten times it actually takes some real planning and thought for me to go, I must remember to take photos of this. I want to take photos of that. I'm going to take my camera. I'm going to take my phone and take these pictures. Now I need to remember to get my phone out of my pocket. Like the amount of content I walk away with compared to you and Lizzie, for example, at a conference is night and day. Like I might have two photos. That's it. <laughs> like, whereas you guys have got gigabytes worth of stuff. Um, so yes, yeah, so Instagram never worked for me from that point of view because I just don't do photos or remember photos. I have to really make a conscious effort. Um, whereas for LinkedIn, for me, because it can be so text-based, that works really well. But then I can't get on with Twitter or Fred's reduced content characters. So that really annoys me. That I've, I always think I'm quite concise and to the point, but actually I'm not that concise. Um, so yeah, it's... As others have said, like Sam has said and stuff, it's finding where your platform is and stuff. Like, I've started with LinkedIn. That's going really well. I now plan to create some video content off the back of what we're doing, and that will go onto YouTube, and I'll grow that channel gradually. That will be a hobby of mine, as it were. That's a personal interest, AR and AI, and I'm loving playing with all of that. And I will make some content out of it because I want to share it with other accountants and bookkeepers who I've already started sharing uh, AI content with through other channels. But that will just be a personal enjoyment factor. That'd be a bit of a hobby. Um, so yeah, so LinkedIn will probably remain my main platform of choice. And it's interesting that you know I'm not on LinkedIn to get business out of it for my accounting firm necessarily. You know, I, I'll i get one thing out of it and do very well out of it. So, you know, like if I get an acquisition inquiry out of LinkedIn, then I've it's worth every single post. You know, if I get a speaking slot out of it because I've been on LinkedIn and created a personal brand, then it's worth, it's worth it. They're my end goals. It's not picking up new small businesses. Having said that, I still pick up one or two small businesses a month out the back of it. Um, so, yeah... TikTok has never been an enjoyment factor for me. I mean, I my the biggest so the scenario I always go back to with TikTok is if you're new to TikTok, you put in that you're a 35 year old male, it, all of a sudden it just populates the 
channel uh, your stream with all these 16 year old girls dancing and stuff and i'm just sat there going that i would feel awkward in a public setting if someone looked over my shoulder and saw me watching and streaming uh, flicking through those things so i've never really enjoyed video content not short content like, i love youtube i love watching videos on youtube but i don't watch youtube shorts i just don't feel i get value for that one minute Whereas if I watch something for eight minutes, I get value out of it. Um, but again, it's all personal preferences and it, like idiosyncrasies and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything out there other than YouTube that I'm, I'm overly focused on at the moment. Yeah, and and I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like when when you look at what you personally enjoy, that also makes it really it makes it really difficult to not or create content that's not out of your comfort zone or that's out of your comfort zone just say like we we openly say you give us long form content we we you know without blowing our own tr trumpets we can do long form content pretty well that yes there's lots we've got to learn and there's bits where we can make it better and cleaner and we're always going to learn and we always take that on board and we'll always take that but we pretty much nailed the long form content aspect of it right and we can do that you bring us to short form content and we struggle. Like we've got to relearn and, and figure out exactly how that wheel works again. Right. It's a whole different wheel and we've got to figure it that out. And I feel like that's where um, there's so much opportunity there. And that's where it's so exciting really for anyone, any small business, any practice out there, anyone who's looking to build, because if they do just focus on what they're already enjoying and they've, consuming then they can just then go and build content that's very similar and then people will go oh you know what that's something i like to to, to go with and, and it doesn't matter what sort of content they're going to build if they're building content that they're already consuming anyway then there'll be other people who want to consume it and it'll just work on from there yeah. and i feel like that's <clears throat> that's where for me i i spent a lot of time I remember this, and and I, and I know producer Lizzie will kind of back me up on this. I remember sitting there in marketing meetings, going, "Why are we not doing better on Instagram? What are we doing wrong? Or, or why are we not doing better on this platform? What are we doing wrong?" You know, when realistically, like, that's fine. Like, we don't have to be on every platform. Yes, have a presence, as you've already said. Give opportunity for someone to tag you. Wonderful. But do we need to be actively trying to build on every platform? No. Can we afford to build on and, and put on every platform? Certainly not. There's you know, time commitments, cost, everything else. Like it's not feasible, not unless you have a big team to go out there and do that. Or you're Rachel. <laughs> she she's just some whatever. We'll put her in her own little bracket, right? Um, but the, the, it's really difficult to be able to commit to all those platforms. And you've shown yourself, like you just focused on LinkedIn and you got the results out of it, right? And I feel like that's the takeaway. Doesn't matter what platform you want to go for just need to commit to it and you'll you the, the rewards will come for you we've we've seen that ourselves um uh, uh lisa says she can't get on with insta i feel like insta's a marmite platform right um there is a lot of benefits for being on insta there's a lot of community in insta i think instagram has that community aspect of it and i think fred's is only going to add on that and i think that's something that we just you know, maybe Fred's is our way into Insta, if that makes any sense. So maybe we kind of use that as like a backdoor to it. Um, but I do feel like I was the same. I didn't feel like Instagram was even a, a business platform. I thought it was just like you said for photo. But the amount of work that I've seen come on the back of Insta is 
really quite scary. And I think people have to kind of um, see see for that of what it is. Do you think the demographic of the different platforms are like the demographics of different newspapers? Very, very interesting point there, Ashton. I think that's exactly it, isn't it? But the demographics are completely different, right? We have age brackets. We have all sorts of different things to consider. And I feel like, yeah. um, you know... But newspapers was always politics, exactly. demographic and stuff. Whereas, yeah, the social media is down to... You know, if I, like, if I want tech news, I don't go anywhere but YouTube because I know that's where it is. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, it's finding where your, that news is or whatever it is you, content is you're wanting to consume. So, yes, generally younger people are on TikTok, aren't they? Um, you know, 20 plus something. So if they're doing photos all the time, then they're probably on Instagram. Um, you know, I, mean, I rarely post on Facebook personally anymore just because it doesn't I don't need feel the need to share my life with the world necessarily um but the you know I know my nan's on there and that's great for messaging and stuff like that you know not that she posts on there but I know she uses Facebook Messenger to keep in touch with everyone exactly um so yeah it there's definitely different demographics but I don't think it's political demographics anymore like the newspapers used to be yeah and the demographics are changing right because that's the difference. Like these tech companies, they are so clever. At, they they can see the pie. They they can see what they're missing out on, and they're so clever at trying to adapt to that. I know that TikTok has started to bring in a much older demographic now, or compared to what they've they launched with, should I say? Um, and that is because they've started to really hone their algorithm to, like you said, like your 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 talk there about what you would be getting out. I bet if you went in and connect, created it now you get a whole different experience, right? Because yeah. they've learned, they've figured that out, they've got that feedback and they've moved from there. Um, Paul says his kids are obsessed with TikTok. Yep, exactly right. Uh, AJ says, seems people lean towards the platforms they enjoy too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can just tell those using TikTok are fun doing it. And that, that is the tricky bit for us, right? Like how do we make our accounting content fun? Um, I mean, Rachel does it and uh, others do do it. Do it. I mean, yeah, yeah, do it, does it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, we are coming up on time, but I think we both wanted to do a bit of a hats off to Heather from Go Proposal, didn't we? Because so Heather's uh, announced last week she's leaving Go Proposal. Last week was her last week. Um, but if anyone's done anything for brand awareness and personal brand on TikTok alongside Rachel, it's Heather. Like Heather's done a smashing job on tiktok and on linkedin to build both go proposals brand and develop it further from what had already been done but also her own personal brand and i don't know what she's going off to do i think her post mentioned she was setting up a business or something um which i'm sure she'll smash out the park um but it's it's people like they with a personal brand and the energy like her who do so well on tiktok like she has the character and the personality traits required to be on TikTok, like Rachel does, where they just have a great time making that content. Um, and I think, you know, the accounting industry is better for it. Yeah. You know, re regardless of what softwares or companies those people, anyone works for, if they're bringing a modern, more vibrant, enjoyable uh, persona into the accounting industry that shows potential ent people entering the industry what it could be in the future i think it's a huge huge tribute to them yeah and and, and chris mentioned it if you remember on we have cool friends like 
he jumped on the TikTok bandwagon, but he was doing it based on, you know, what he found fun and what he found enjoyable. And yeah. like, and it showed like he, he grew a following out of that. And, and that's, that's the difference, isn't it? Like sometimes you've got to take your business hat off and you've got to remember that actually certain one of the platform is all about fun and, and it's about just enjoying and it. So. It's not a bad thing to have a personality. No. Like in the accounting and bookkeeping industry, I think in the past personality was a bit of a, something we ignored like we put a suit on to to help hide our personalities i think the closest to personality we might have got was a colorful tie or some comical socks uh whereas now it's a lot more about personality and personal brand and i think that's a really good thing i think it's modernized our industry yeah 100 and and hopefully it continues and final comment is kirsty seven currently annoying on threads to not be able to switch accounts on android have to log out and log back in again yeah we we, we mentioned that anyway same with ios don't worry yeah it's all devices and yeah i'm sure that'll be one of the uh enhancements coming soon and that is it that is time uh we did have other topics but we'll cover them on another podcast as always if you've got anything you want to talk to us or if we've got anything wrong then please do use the comment section or the the um the link tree to be able to give us an opportunity to give us some feedback if you are listening to this on our podcast service of choice then why not come and join us live because then you can join in the conversation like we've had today with so many interactions and we love each and every one of you for uh, coming in and putting that interaction in that's what this is all about so johan anything people should be looking forward to and excited about for this week from your end any plugs you want to make i mean i'm going to be probably cluster bombing social media with ar content and questions and thoughts soon but when my glasses get here but before then uh 12:30 on wednesday on linkedin join myself and the incredible ashley leeds now there's a personality i've never met a man with more enthusiasm and energy than that man uh but yeah i will be spending 15 30 minutes on his uh linkedin live stream which will then become a podcast afterwards talking all things accounting and world and industry and software and me apparently uh, so yeah no, really really looking forward to that episode uh, and being a guest on his show amazing amazing we have another we have cool friends dropping very very soon to keep your eyes out on that one um, speaking of cool friends ashley is definitely already on our list but when we do get to talk to him, I need to figure out what's his view on or when he's jumping on the TikTok bandwagon. Because like you said, for a personality type of thing, he has all of the characteristics to make that work. So that has been Ask the Accountant number 38 for the 10th of July, 2023. Uh, thanks again for everyone for joining us um, and keep an eye on all our social channels, including Fred's. Uh, please do go and have a look at that first Fred as well of ours because I think it was a comical genius by producer Lizzie. So thanks everyone. Thank you for today's show and we will see you bright and early, 8.30 again next week. Cheers, everyone. See you next week. Bye.